0: What's up, folks? Welcome to BA Panorama Podcast, episode number four. Today, we have a guest on my high school basketball coach, our football coach at one point, and current head coach of West Fargo High, ladies and gentlemen, Adam Polcheski. How's it going today? Going well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Of course. of course. So, I think, you know, something that every day when I was in practice, when we used to back in the day now, <laughs> 2019, I think the important thing was the approach to practice the approach to a game day. So what is your approach to life? How, what gets you out of bed?
1: Um, you know, honestly, every day is just an opportunity to to do something that you've never done before or, or make an impact on somebody else. Um, I've always kind of felt this way, but I think the recent pandemic has showed even more that we are dependent on each other and you can make someone else's day better. And just doing that, you know, once a day, twice a day, as, as much as you can. Um, really, it's, it's just an enjoyable thing for me.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. And another thing that seems to be the approach to everybody's life is social media. How do you think that's affected the way you coach a team or the way players react to even, I would say there's there's articles that are released about like your team and maybe that'll make somebody's confidence be false almost in a way you know what I mean like how, how do you handle all of
1: just the huge realm of social media with your team um it's it's an ongoing battle uh I think always know, I don't think social media has done that much good um for our kids at, at the young age because they don't really have the capacity the, the brain development to really understand what's real and what's fake and um who's Who's trying to pump you up just for their own good? Like who's, who's a real person and who's, you know, kind of trying to use you and other things like that. Um, we're, we're really behind on the, on knowing how to fend off the bad parts of it and really accentuate the good parts of it um, as far as getting kids noticed and and a little bit of publicity for the good stuff they do. Um, whereas, you know, there's there's all kinds of people out there that are trying to use you in social media as well. So. Uh, we don't have, we're only a high school. We don't have a great approach to, to deal with that day to day. I know the colleges do a great job of, uh, I shouldn't say great, but do a better job of educating their people, their kids, their athletes, um, about what's appropriate use of social media. And, and we're trying to get there, but we only have so much time in a day and our kids are student athletes. They go to class and they got to get good grades and all other stuff too. So we don't have that much time. Yeah.
2: mm mm-hmm. I think there's a common theme on the podcast so far of social media and what's real and what's not. And I think kind of going forward and that whole getting out of bed, kind of putting aside social media has been like a big part of growth for us. And, you know, I don't know, I can't speak for you, I guess, if maybe social media for you, like putting that aside has kind of helped you and maybe going to the team and, you know, as your coaching style, kind of telling your uh, team to maybe put that aside and not let that get to their head And kind of focus on the real things as you go ahead.
0: Well, the thing about it is social media is adapting so quickly Mm -hmm. and it's just like everything's moving and changing at a rapid pace that it's never been seen. So it's, it's tough to keep pace, especially at a high school level, I think. But I mean, there's always baseline things that you can, you know, tell everybody like, you know, don't worry about the stats and all that. And I guess you can preach all that you want, but I just think our generation is just so consumed by, what everybody thinks of us that it's like it's so hard to create a team atmosphere, which is what I think is important. Today's sports culture. It feels that way.
1: Yeah. You, you have to have people that you can accomplish things. We talked about it last night in a team meeting. Um, you have to have people that you can go accomplish things with that you could never accomplish on your own. Uh, those kind of bonds are so strong and, and they'll be forever. So the more you can be with teammates, uh, whether that be if you want to do, you know, do sports. If you don't want to do sports, go make a band with your friends, you know, and do that kind of stuff. Go um, go join a, a running club or something. Uh, just uh, being able to be with people who are going to accomplish things with you and be in your corner and root you on um, is just a magical thing, especially now. So many people don't have that. Um, even even just simple things like going to the park with your friends. Like, you know, you're a generation younger than me, you two. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I was a free-range child. It's just go to the park and you come back for supper and maybe you go back out again and you didn't see the inside. You didn't see your parents that much. You just went and played with your buddies. Um, and I, those are things that I miss. I don't think you guys get to do that a lot uh, or didn't get to. And there's all kinds of reasons for it, but... Uh, that's something I think is really missed is kids just getting to be on their own and learning with each other at at their levels and and figuring out what is how you should act in a group of people how you shouldn't act what's socially acceptable what's really not acceptable is how you treat people and um, that stuff needs to be discovered and we force it um, we either don't enforce it at all on some kids or we just force it on them in a way they don't understand Uh, and that's something you know, that social contract that we all have with each other living in this world, that that's something we have to learn on our own through experience. It can't be dictated and it can't be, um, uh, non or not done either. It has to, there's some balance there as you, just, as you age.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think human connectivity is almost like what sports is mm-hmm. because there isn't a phone when you go to practice and there's going to be tough times during practice where you have bad practices, good practices, But that's what's cool about sports is you get to come together with a group, especially now with technology.
2: You're all in it together. Like, especially during conditioning, that's when you, you know, find that
0: your teammates, you're all suffering together. Yeah. You're always yelling fourth quarter. We still say that to this day, (laughs) whenever anything gets difficult,
2: we just start yelling fourth quarter. (laughs) Yeah. No, but when you're all suffering together and you're all, you're all going through it, it really, you know, you all feel like you're in it together. So that when you start winning, you start feeling like you're still in it together. So Once you go through the highs and the lows, it kind of creates that bond, like you were saying, where it really feels like you're kind of a band of brothers almost just going about. Well, that's what you you want. I've been on
0: teams where you do have that band of brothers and there's teams where you haven't. And Mm -hmm. obviously there's a correlation between success and losing because, you know, both of them, whenever a team split and there's egos, you aren't successful. And so how, how as a coach do you, how do you
1: maneuver through all of that? Well, you know, Brandon, I want to touch on what you said about when things get hard and conditioning and stuff like that. And you are all going through it together, that's for sure. And then you have a couple of people who are leaders who make the choice: Are we going to go through it together and get better through it, or are we going to all kind of let each other tank and 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 sag off? And that's a that's a culture thing. That's that's what your leaders have grown up to become. Um, and, and it's really important to have people that are leading your team that do things the right way, um, <clears throat> that are going to make everyone better, that are going to you know, as the seals say, embrace the suck, so to speak, you know, and that's, that's a big thing. But, you know, as far as our team uh, coming together, it's been, it's been a really good year. Um, I have a bunch of kids that obviously every, we have 14 kids on our varsity squad and everyone wants to play and only about seven or eight get to play. Uh, But everyone's involved. I mean, we have, we come off of timeouts and I have kids that are on the bench that aren't going to play a minute that game talking to starters and saying, hey, I see this, you should try this, and they're doing this to you, or look at so-and-so, I'm like, wow. That engagement um, and that buy-in from everybody is, is pretty awesome to get, and it's very rare. Uh, you guys know you played on a championship team. Um, you know how that buy-in goes when you're really, really good, and you know how it goes when you're not so good, too. Um, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a magical thing, and a lot of it just depends on your kids and how much time they spend together, how much they care about each other, truly, Uh, how much they actually care Um, and when it comes together
0: it's really nice that's true and I think the the coach always has to just sometimes when you have players or leaders like that all you gotta do is just guide it up you know rather than just kind of like really trying to micro coach I think something that's important for teams is where the coach knows like you know what I mean like to step like you know even the bench you know Mm. just going in stock and that's of course on the players and that's also
1: cultivating a culture which you've done a good job of so Uh, thanks but i mean you you played adam you played for me for a couple years when i was the head coach and um it's it's been frustrating because you want to come in and you want things to work right away and they just they just won't it takes time um and i realized this year that all the groundwork that we laid those first three years are paying off now because now the kids that come through know nothing different um, yeah, they know what's yeah. expected, and they they saw people striving for it before, and just every year having a few guys that would just push and strive and be the best teammates they can be has um, worn off on these other kids, and it's it's really cool. Like four years in, I wanted to do it in year one, you know, but uh, four years in, things are things are pretty good right now, and everything's temporary. It's a it's a completely ephemeral world. where are it could be here one day and gone the next, so you have to really guard it and protect it and. Um, you know uh, shepherd that culture as much as you can and and get everyone to keep um, you know going the same direction
2: yeah that's for sure almost like a facilitation over forcing everything to happen you got to kind of just go with the blows and you know work with what you've got and kind of facilitate success rather than try to force it right away because you know over time yeah you're gonna just kind of find success as you keep working because um you know, a lot of people are impatient and they try to force things right away. I'm trying yeah. to think of the one word where uh, right away, as soon as you get something that you wanted instant gratification, instant gratification. Thank yes. you. I couldn't think of it. That's um, that's what I think a lot of people are, you know, going for as soon as you become a brand new head coach, they're looking for that instant gratification. Well, we have a brand new head coach. It's bound to be a, you know, stellar season championship season, but you know, that's not how things go all the time. You
1: have to work for it in order to get what you Want to see and them. you have to let your, you have to let your people do the work. You know, I'm, I'm a high school basketball coach, but a lot of the times when we have a problem. I ask the guys, how do you want to address this? What do you want to do? I mean, I'm there. I have a solution and I think it's a good solution, but it might not be the best solution. Someone else might have a better idea and it's no different whether you're in sports or business, you know, ask your people, what's the best thing we can do right now? What do you think? You know, and I, and as the leader, sometimes you got to keep your mouth shut because your idea is going to, be the consensus. I mean, most people are not going to buck the trend. You know, they're going to they're gonna concede whatever you want and um, you got to bring them out of their shell and let them do their stuff. I mean, you have people in your business, in your organization, on your team that are there for a reason because they're really good at what they can do. They bring something that uh, no one else has on that team. So let them be um, who they are. Let them develop and flourish and um, come with ideas and solve some problems and you're going to come up with better stuff than you ever could have on your own.
0: Yeah. And speaking of that, you also teach math, which isn't easy necessarily. Um, <laughs> I'm not the greatest at it, but anyways, uh, what what changes have you noticed with students maybe the last five years? You know, what's the, uh, what's the word for it? You know, trend. the trend, what is the trend you've noticed?
1: Um. I don't know how much different it is now than it was 10 years ago or but i know it's definitely different than it was 20 years ago when i was in graduating high school um it seems like grades matter so much and uh they really they don't i mean there's plenty of people that can't do algebra 2 that have millions of dollars um and they're so focused on this outward comparison towards everybody else and it, it's you know I, i'd say it's almost like this fake reality they're living in they think one thing but that's not really what's going on so the these this almost psychotic emphasis on grades and getting a's all the time for most people instead of just learning what they can learn i mean as when you're in high school you're 17 18 years old you're starting to discover what your passions are what you're interested in and you have 24 hours in a day and when you're in high school you better spend eight of them sleeping and you're not going to do a um, you know much good work anyways so out of your 16 hours you can't spend it getting A's and everything do what leverage your time leverage your abilities to get as much as you can out of it um while, while you're there and let some things go by the wayside I mean doing a job 80% as good as it could have been done just to get it done and sometimes just fine if you're going to put 120% into something else so I, I don't I don't think kids know how to let some things go, um, still give your best effort, do what you can, but, but decide what your priorities are, you know, live by a set of principles and not by just your emotions and your comparisons to other people. Um, and they, they're really struggling on that. Right? I don't think that was the same way a long time ago. I don't think that pressure from parents and, and things like that is, um, it's, it's way more intense now than it ever was. So that's the thing. And it's the worrisome trend in my opinion. Um, we need to let kids just be kids and find their interests and and go all into those interests have some basic skills of course but you know let them decide what they want to do and then go pursue it
0: i would definitely say that feels like yeah you're speaking to me because i didn't have the greatest grades in high school but i mean most of the time i just didn't feel like the busy work was worth it i just i mean i'm gonna be honest i didn't do half my homework because i didn't spend the time to do the busy work But I wanted to learn. There was a difference. I wasn't just like being a bum that just didn't care about school. It was more so like, oh, like, yeah, this algebra two is great. And like, I definitely see like, you know, there's positives to it. I know you teach algebra and I know there's a lot of positives, but it was like, I'm just not that great at this right now. And I am glad that I at least have a base knowledge, but I'm probably not going to go much farther than algebra two. So like, you know what I mean? It was like, I don't know. There's this weird balance between doing the work like for things that don't matter almost, you know, and obviously, you know, some of the work
2: matters there, but it's just a skill that you're not really going to develop later in life. Yeah. You're more of a business entrepreneur. That's exactly. Yeah. So to you statistics and other classes like that might be of more use. So to you, it was almost worth putting the 120% effort into different class yes that's what it was more so I was
0: like utilizing because you can only be one place one time doing one thing so it was like I just wanted to be doing other things and so I did (laughs) and I still do
2: (laughs) so I do wonder what the um, emphasis on good grades now and the parents pushing for grades and all that stuff now that the emphasis on good grades and everything 24 7 like you said and it's kind of changing to be a lot more strict and a lot more important than it has been I wonder if that's an uh, effect of social media, I guess. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't think it I – couldn't, I couldn't really see how that would be an effect of that.
0: Well, parents can check grades, like, right away now. I that, mean, yeah. I, yeah, it's kind of weird to me that you would just get a report card before, right? I mean, that's how it was. And now it is, like, constantly, like, they can check. If you got a 10 out of 10 out of an assignment 30 minutes ago, when, as soon as the
2: person enters the grade. Yeah, even now when I tutor, I can see my – the person that i'm working with i can see all of their grades and all of their assignments down to a t and so i think just the accessibility with technology kind of rising everything's a lot more transparent which is a good thing because it helps people keep uh, accountable helps. yeah everyone's accountable and you know your parents can help you and other people can help you out but at the same time like you said coach it's uh kind of becoming a slippery slope where everything's very strict and rigorous and if you're not getting anything better than the best you're wrong
1: Well, the interesting is, is it really that rigorous? I mean, really? It's busy work most of the time. (laughs) Does, does an A in mathematics mean that you are an excellent mathematician or does it just mean you jump through the hoops? Um, does it mean you have this great ability to think, uh, speaking of algebra two in a nonlinear manner, or does it mean that you just have some really good fundamentals and you don't make any noise in class and you kind of just, and you just put your head down. It really depends. You know, there's no good way of assessing that even the, you know, the standardized tests and all that stuff. Now they're, they they do not assess um, Algebra two level thinking and higher. They just don't, they can't. Uh, the cut scores are mostly in California and Texas and New York. And to be honest, those school systems aren't that great. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it doesn't, it doesn't affect, um, you know, kids where we live very much. So I just, I just think the curiosity gets pounded out of kids from the time they're in elementary school on through junior high. And by the time they get to me, um, there's not a lot of curiosity left. And it's really sad because there's some smart kids that could do some good things, but um, they're just tired, they're worn out. And it's, they're missing out on some interesting, interesting things, I think in mathematics and, and some other classes because they're just trying to get those A's and doing what it takes. And the other thing that you gotta think about too when grades matter the most, you'll do whatever it takes to get those grades.
0: Yeah. You know, and that
1: that includes cheating and compromising your integrity and um, things like that. And, I mean, everybody has looked at someone else's paper in the course of their school life. I mean, it just happens. You know, everyone's done it. You and I included, I'm sure. Uh, But but, uh, just doing that all the time, like, I mean, that's the only way you can – feel like you're going to be loved or measure up or something like that is really a, it's a tragic way to go through life it's, a, it's really sad so wow
0: that's that's funny that you say that because sports teams also it's kind of like the same thing like if you aren't starting on the basketball team like you view yourself as a failure or i know some people do and it's kind of like no it's a lot deeper than that it really is
2: there's a lot more you can do than just you know like you said on the bench there's a lot more you can do as a player, you can help your teammates out and be a part of something bigger than rather than if you're just a starter
0: or just as a person. I mean, yeah, like a, it's, it doesn't necessarily define, you yeah. know, make or break who who you are necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. Just because
2: you're not, you know, as a person, you're not anything.
0: Sometimes you just don't greater. have like the the gifts that you, some people were born with. I wasn't born six three, unfortunately. But <laughs> you you work with what you're given, but you just got to keep all the like all the perspectives in mind that that doesn't define necessarily who you are.
1: No. And the, the kids that define themselves by their grades, what happens when they quit going to school and don't get graded anymore? I mean, what, then what, I mean, what are you, how are you defining yourself? Uh, is it by your success in your job? And at some point, if you've, you've been the kid who always gets A's and you've cheated to get some A's, are you going to cheat in your job? Or are you going to cut some corners and do some things legally? Um, you know, a little bit, eh? unsure of to to get those rewards um it's it can lead to i mean we're way down the road here is what it could lead to but uh just some of that stuff makes you wonder uh, is this is this hyper hypersensitivity to success um outwardly you know showing the world what kind of success you have instead of feeling like you're successful um is is, is that focus on outward success really a positive thing and and if it's if it's uh, nothing's black and white i mean it's some positive, some negative, but how do you balance it, and how do you find the joy in what you're still doing, and, and get the most out of it?
0: Sometimes you want to win so bad uh, that you end up like the Patriots, and you just start spying on the other team's practices and their sidelines. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty big dig at the Patriots. I'm not a big Patriots fan because I don't like their cheat. I don't. I don't. That's an interesting discussion. We'll save it for later. But <laughs> cheaters are patriots or the Patriots are cheaters. I know you read a lot. So
1: what, uh, what book are you reading right now? Um, I'm reading the captain's class by, I think it's, I think it's, um, Steve, no Walker is the last name. Um, it's about uh, captains on the best dynasties in sports ever. Um, and they usually are not the best players. they are a lot of the, the quieter guys, the dirty work guys. Um, to kind of get stuff done. They get everyone rolling the, in the same direction and they get to know their teammates. Um, they understand what makes them tick. They understand when they're going through tough times and they're, they're really um, just dynamic people who oftentimes don't seek the spotlight. Um, so that's a really good one now. And I, I read about three books at a time. Um, so I'm on uh, Richard Koch 80-20 rule, which I've just started, which is Fantastic. I mean, it's been around for a long time, and I'm finally getting around getting around to reading it. And I'm also doing uh, mental toughness training for sports by Jim Lair. He's a pretty famous sports psychologist. Coached a lot of tennis, golf pros. Uh, worked with other athletes um, quite a bit. Coached Dan Jansen in the Olympics. Uh, if you know Dan Jansen's story, he had a pretty tragic time in Calgary Olympics. His sister died before his best r- his race, and he ended up falling. Um, then fell again and then 92 Olympics he also failed to earn a medal at those Olympics and he was the best speed skater at the time and then finally in 94 working with Jim um, he, he won the gold medal in his last race ever so it was a pretty cool story um, if you ever time to YouTube uh, the Dan Jansen story I I suggest it because that was kind of when I was growing up and watching the Olympics a lot as a young mm-hmm. athlete and just to see someone overcome so much and and be so uh, so joyful at the end and yeah, he's just, it was a cool deal. So his stuff is really good as well. And I, I try to you know, take it as much as I can. I know we did book talks
0: um, when I was on the team that I enjoyed that. Uh, what do you, what do you think the power of reading? Like how strong is it and how is it, how has it shaped your
1: life or your, you know, your approach to life? Um, it, books are a whole, they're a whole new world. Uh, you get perspectives on things you never would have found if you just, if you didn't read. I mean, it's, it's people that live all over the globe, it's people who have done all, all kinds of experiences, you name it, they've done it. Uh, and if it's something you're interested in, you can go learn about it on your own, at your own pace. Um, and when you wanna put the book down and take a rest, you can. And if you wanna read all night, you sure can too. Um, just so many ideas uh, have come through me through, through reading books, um, it's, it's unbelievable. And I didn't like reading when I was in high school the assigned readings. There's a couple of books I really loved um, of Mice and Men was one of them and a couple of other ones that really just get at your heart and, and you, you see things, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird, those classics like that were absolutely fantastic, but I didn't read on my own until uh, my junior year of high school. Um, I found the Harry Potter series and then it, it's fantasy, you know, it's not real stuff. It's not the nonfiction stuff. Like I read a lot of now, but that's, it just got me to love reading and once you love reading you just you start to love learning and um you branch off. i still read a fiction book about once every three months just to keep my imagination going and think of different things it's a lot of fun i enjoy i can't tell you how much um just reading books and being a person who likes to read books uh puts you in uh, a really good circle of other people who will make you better and push you you know that's part of it too is when you read, when you, when you seek out knowledge and information, you're going to end up with people who are pretty high achieving and pretty successful in those fields. Um, And it's, it's just great. It pushes you to another level as well. So it's definitely a self-improvement thing, but it's a lot of fun. And um, I don't know where I'd be without it. Yeah. I feel like, uh, yeah, I just
2: started picking up reading again because I kind of felt the same way. Um, I felt like I was kind of getting stagnant with, my creativity and going to learn more. I felt like I wasn't learning a whole lot of new things. I was kind of within my realm of knowledge and I was kind of comfortable there and I was just kind of getting bored of it. And I felt like I was dumbing, dumbing myself down almost. So I started reading again um, mirror of motivation by Dre Baldwin. Just started reading that two days ago and um, you know, throughout high school when I was reading, I used to love to read when I was a kid. I read, a book a week, if not more, I read a lot, but like you said, kind of, once you get to that high school period, you read so much assigned stuff that most of it you kind of feel bored and it's monotonous and busy, busy work to read all that stuff besides a few. And it's tough to pick it back up after it's kind of been ruined for you a little bit. But I think the adjustment of coming back to start reading again, I know for you at least Adam as well, Two items, I suppose but um, <laughs> you know I know that you start reading again as well and we've kind of been talking about it like, collabing about it and talking about what we've been reading and <clears throat> not keeping each other super accountable I guess in terms of like did you read this many pages today <laughs> and tell me what happened it's more so just keeping each other updated on what we're reading and it's been really good for both of us to continue reading and feeling like we're picking up on new stuff And so, you know, I think reading is a great gateway into more knowledge. And, you know, if anyone's listening right now, I guess, and you hate reading, try picking it up again. It's huge. Read something you enjoy. It doesn't have
0: to be super like intellectual
2: or like you said, coach, you know, if it's something fiction, if you like Harry Potter, read that, you know, your creativity is even important. You know, you don't need to learn a whole lot, at least keeping that childlike wonder and creativity to create new ideas that you can use are huge. And so, yeah, I would just say, you know, yeah. reading is pretty awesome.
1: And I, I'm going to say too, that the balance of it is, you know, when you read and you learn and you feel like you're getting better um, at some point, you have to check your ego as well. Cause you don't know it all. Yeah. And yeah. you know, sometimes people don't want your advice either. And you know, that, that um, it's, you know, it's, it's reading is for you you're, and you're, well, how you live your life uh, with the influence of the books you read. Uh, we'll improve the lives of others, definitely. Um, but you don't need to tell other people how to live as well. I mean, if they want your help, they'll ask. Oftentimes, I, I found that, you know, going through and I, I think I have the answers. And I've read this in this book, and I, it was confirmed by this other book. And um, you read these things, and you think you have all the answers. And then, you know, sometimes you say it to someone, and it's a little bit offensive to them. And like, you know what, they might not be ready to hear it, or they have a different uh, experience than, than I have. I mean, I, I I try to read different things. I don't, I try to not have uh, too much confirmation bias and get out there and experience different stuff. But, um, you know, you, you don't, even though you read a bunch and it's good for you, you don't have all the answers. So always maintain a little humility with your ego as, as you go through this. I've found that anyways um, in my, in my dealings with people. So.
0: There are no right answers. And necessarily either. It seems like it's just, there are, I mean what is right and wrong is only is decided by us as humans so I mean it's yeah. just kind of like weird because it's just like six billion people here trying to figure out life together and nobody's got to figure it out
1: well what's right is what works I yeah. mean if you find something that works for you and it doesn't harm you in any way then it then it works you know there, there are things that work obviously addiction is something that works to numb pain for people but uh you know just going on a little different tangent there but um if it doesn't, if it works, it doesn't harm you, then you're probably living a, a good life. Yeah. You know, I just wrote a, a post blog post just the other day about, um, you know, live your life on principles and not on emotions as much as you can, but that's not, not everyone can just switch, flip that switch right away. I think it's a good way. It's worked for me. Um, it helps make good decisions, but uh, in the end, that's not where everyone's at. We're all wired a little bit differently and uh, we need different types of people as well. You know, you need people that kind of can bear their emotions out to others because you see the human side of, of people. And I'm more of a logical, stoic, quiet type. Um, and there, you need people like me too to make certain decisions um, and, and value trade-offs. But um, yeah, just just reading, reading in general just gets you outside your own world if you do it right. And that's something we all could do.
0: Yeah. You know, I saw your blog post this morning, actually. Where can people find the blog post? Where can people find out about West
1: Fargo High basketball program? Where can they find you? Um, the, the blog post is stoicoptimism.com. So check that out. If you like it, subscribe it. I've, I've started during COVID and uh, really going all into it in 2021 here. So i trying to get as much out there as I can. Um, West Fargo basketball. There's, uh, I can't remember the Twitter sites. Um, but as far as my Twitter site, personal site, it's at headballcoachwf. Um, and that's where you can get in contact with me and kind of see what I'm thinking these days.
0: My last thoughts are kind of on a lighter note or just a funny note. I'm in am sure you probably remember this, but sophomore year, semifinal game for football. I was, or it was, it was actually the quarterfinal game. I remember I was just kind of warming up. I wasn't probably going to see the field, so I was kind of just hanging out and, you come up to me and you go, you are ready to play? And I was like, huh, that's a good one, coach. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm ready to play. I'm like, of course. And you were like, I'm not kidding. And I was, you know, and of course I snapped. I was like, oh, I was like, hell yeah, I'm ready. Like, put me in. The film is really funny from it because I got in on one kickoff and I, and I was like running as fast as I humanly could. <laughs> but yeah, that was just a little funny. That was my kind of last thoughts of today. Just a funny little
1: story. Well, I got another story about you, Adam, that I've always, you know, stuck with me and talks about the kind of person you are is uh, your freshman year with basketball, you know, we have two teams, you made the B team and you were disappointed. And I kind of talked side in the hallway and I asked you about it. And the first thing you said to me was, you know what, I guess I have a lot of work to do. And it was just straight up, like, you're going to go get to work and you're going to get better. And that was, that struck me from the time you were a freshman that like, okay, you're going to go get stuff done. And I was really it was really encouraging to hear a a freshman talk like that. So
0: I remember I, I told you as like a basketball JV coach, I was, I straight up told you that I, I didn't put in the work. How many people tell their coach that? I just, I felt like that was kind of weird when I did that. I was like, wow, I can't believe I just said that, but I really don't care. I'm holding everybody, letting everybody know and that holds me accountable because then no other people are watching. Yeah.
1: So no, I'm glad you guys are doing this. It's awesome. I listen to your episodes and, Keep it up, guys. It's, it's fun to see you going and going and getting after it. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's been... I think you had a last thought of the
0: day, too, actually, about that. About, yeah, about the, the podcast. podcast.
2: I was going to say that the result of every coaching style that we've ever had from you and football and, you know, basketball for Adam and all that stuff, and all the different coaching styles and influences and everything together has shaped us to be leadership and sort of able to communicate on a certain level so we're able to do this podcast and we're comfortable to express our thoughts and our ideas out there in the world and share them without you know being super terrified of actually doing it in the first place and I think that's just a result of being in sports and the different coaching styles and everything that you and other coaches have done for us in terms of pushing us out of our comfort zone and kind of shaping us who we are now has resulted in being a Panera podcast,
1: really. So we appreciate it. Yeah. So thank you. You're welcome. guys. You have a lot of good stuff to say, so keep doing it and keep getting after it.
0: All right. Good luck at your game of Fargo South. And that concludes
1: today's episode. Thank you very much. Catch you on the next one. Thanks guys.